You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here are the hosts of the show, Jason and Mo. All right, welcome back to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on HP Digital. Thank you to all the uh, uh, Patreon supporters that support us on the show. You can go to patreon.com forward slash AHP if you'd like to. For as little as a dollar, you can uh, sponsor us and help us out on the show. That is always greatly appreciated to the uh, people that help us out on Patreon. Of course, people that generally support the show, thank you as well. That's always good. Muzz with me. How you doing, buddy? Yes, g'day, Jason. Welcome back, everyone, to the Straight Shooting Podcast. And this has been the longest break ever, Jason, between podcasts. Who's for? We're going to blame you or me. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, we both have very busy lives and uh, we've been uh, doing a lot of other things in our lives. Um, mainly, well, I've been holidaying. I've been going to the United States. Uh, Jason's been very busy with uh, other things and he's been putting out other podcasts in between. But uh, our apologies to all you guys who are eagerly awaiting the next straight shooting podcast. And uh, we, we know we have been a long time between drinks. So um, here we go, Jace. Yeah, and I've been uh, out doing some hunting as well, which is good. Uh, went on a hunting trip, uh, probably was the April long weekend, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the April long weekend, and I got, I must have the curse off my back, I think, Muzz. I think I do. Well, I think you're doing pretty good, mate. Uh, you're getting used to it. Uh, you certainly are bagging some pretty good deer, and uh, a lot of the other boys got some deer too, so that's uh, great. Good result. Yeah, and it's interesting because on, on the first night, I've actually got the three heads now that I that I took on each trip, on each, each, each buck that I got. So I've got to literally, I might even give Muzz some on the way home today. Actually, I've got a ton of meat that's just crazy. I can't even get rid of it. I've got that much at the moment. But, um, yeah, I got one on the first night. I sat in my uh, regular sort of spot that gives me a bit of access sort of along, along some fringe country. You know, yeah, and I sat in my regular spot. And uh, I was actually thinking to myself literally on that, on that night, I was actually thinking, uh, oh, don't get one on the first night because, you know, what are you going to do? Where are you going to put it? Uh, yeah, just in case, I've because I've only got like I think a forty liter angle fridge, so minus all the food from the trip, uh, what, what am I going to do if I get a deer? And then guess what? You know, literally probably twenty minutes before it got dark, uh, this uh, fellow popped out, and surprisingly, uh, I hit it in the first go. It was actually a really, really good shot. And I, I got, I got to say, I got to say, surprisingly, yeah, surprisingly, because it's interesting because I was in the same spot probably the last year. I think it was in the October. Uh, long weekend, and I missed uh, an easy uh, animal there, deer animal as well, and it was probably at least three times closer than the buck that I got. And so you know what I've put it down to? What's that? Uh, making sure when you clean your guns, before you, either before you go out, dirty them up a bit, dirty the barrel up a bit, because I reckon that definitely changed the point of aim. It's happened before, and then now, once I actually on this trip, I had already had it sighted in, it was already sighted in, but I reckon if you got, if you clean your barrel, you get a little bit of definitely different trajectory. <laughs> I'm serious, a hundred percent, mate. This trip, dude, I was this gun was like, to, dude, that's gonna be the dumbest dude, theory. No, I've, I've read about it a lot on the internet, and they say okay. if you're gonna go away, put a couple of rounds through your gun because it does change the point of aim. And some some are definitely worse. Then how come this time then I had two fresh rounds through it? Because sometimes too, and I've got to admit, well, this is gonna this is probably gonna give it some credence, right? I normally lube the barrel, right? People recommend you put a dry patch before you go hunting, yeah? Right. I generally don't. I just shoot it with the, with the – if it's oiled out, it's, shoot it with the oil. 
Hence the reason I think I missed. Yet this time, it was like a friggin' laser. Same but, rounds. But, but you know what you're saying, Jason, don't you? What? You're saying that my method is superior to yours. I never what, clean not, my, yeah, never clean my guns. Well, yeah, yeah. It's a superior method. <laughs> I never clean my guns. and I don't, I don't know any of these problems that you're talking about. And if about. you want a superior rust problem, yeah, Mazda helps out too as well. You know what I mean? But, hey, um, none of them are rusty. They're all right. No, it was pretty good, actually. I was pretty surprised. Anyway, so we took it back. Um, this time, I spent a lot of time actually, you know, just... Getting to know the animals, I learned a lot on this trip, you know, how to cut them down, uh, especially that one. The next morning, I didn't go out the next morning. I think that was on the Friday morning. I just spent time caping it up. I didn't gut it on this trip. That's probably the next one I'm going to do next time to gut them. I'm also going to try the golf ball method as well. Have you seen that on YouTube about putting the golf ball behind the back of its neck under the skin, uh, hanging it up on one of your little gambles or gambrels, and then stripping the skin off without having to uh, go through all the arduous process. So I'm going to try that. Anyway, and then on the uh, last, no, it was Look, there, the... There are a lot of good methods online, but each one takes a lot of work. So, you know what I mean? If the golf sk- ball one's easy. Well, you know, they, they say it's easy, but at the end of the day, you've still, <laughs> you've still got to uh, gut and skin the animal and go yeah, do the yeah. cuts of meat and everything like that. Butchery yeah. is, is pretty labor-intensive, you yeah. know, so... Uh, either way you look at it, it's still uh, pretty labour intensive, and I, I don't mind doing it at all. I love it; it's a labour of love. So, but I know a lot of you guys are a little bit, um, I guess, uh, uh, afraid of hard work. So, and and some of you, for some of you, it's a lot easier just to cut the back straps and um, all the choice cuts of meat and then be done with it. But yeah. uh, each to their own. I think oh, I love I love um, cutting down the whole animal. I love skinning it, gutting it, and uh, butchering it properly. Um, that's, I guess that's part of the hunt. Yeah, and next time, if I get one on this trip, I'm pr- I might do that on this trip because, you know, I've got a couple, you know, unless I get a really big buck or something like that, it's warranted just to do something with it. I might actually spend the time on this trip, and if I get one, just spend that time on it and try and do it the right way and say, if I don't go out today, I don't go out today, you know, try and spend the time on that animal because we cut them right down. We, uh, I took the back straps out. That one, I took the back straps out, the front legs and the back legs, and then that was it. I probably should have got the tenderloins. I know my mate would kill me because he loves eating the heart, reckons the heart's delicious. <laughs> he eats everything. He'd probably eat, eat the, you know, the arse end of it if he had an opportunity. So, um, But anyway, yeah, getting on to that was pretty good. So I spent most of, I think, uh, the morning on Friday doing that, uh, cut it down. And then on the second last day would have been Sunday night. Sunday night, I got two does. Oh, wow. Yeah, two does. Three, yeah. three deer for the trip from Mr. Selms. The monkey <laughs> is well and truly off his back. That's it. So, no, it was a good trip. It was a good trip. So, um, yeah, I've got heaps of meat now, so I can't really complain. Uh, cut it, come home. Cut them up, cut all the sinew off. That's a terrible job, I tell you. But well, you know. yeah, that's it. Like I said, it's a, it's fairly labour intensive, but yeah. uh, I think the end results are definitely yeah. worth it. And if you spend the time that you're there, actually, and saying that if you spend the time that you're there, cutting them down, you'd be surprised how much you can actually get in a forty litre fridge. Mm. If you get rid of all the bones, I mean, stuff like that, front legs, cut all the meat off, prepare yeah. it there. It's not too difficult, you mm. know. Mm. Like I learned some things, how to get around joints this time and stuff. It was quite interesting. But uh, I guess the interesting part is we Muzz just came over when we he's got some footage you went to America. Um, yep. Had a good oh, time uh, shooting some guns and uh, went man. over to Knob Creek, which, if you don't know, is in Kentucky, isn't it? Yes, uh, that's the Knob Creek uh, uh, biannual uh, machine gun shootout, which is in Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I went there with my friend Frank. Um, me and him, uh, I think I think we're going to make a regular pilgrimage, I think, Jason. Um, 
this was an absolutely awesome trip. Now, I'm not going to go into the details because we're going to save that for another well, show. Well, at least give him something. Give him yeah, something well, I'll, anyway. I'll, give you, I'll give you a taste of it, I guess. Um, the best part for me was that he actually wore the AHP shirt when he was shooting <laughs> with a couple of videos. So check out the videos. They'll be coming up soon. Anyway, watch yeah, one so well, I've, I've, I've got so much footage and um, photos, videos, and I've given some to Jason. Jason's going to edit, edit it all down. Uh, to make a really cool uh, video for YouTube so that you guys can have a look at it. And then what we're going to do um, later on, we're going to record a, um, another podcast which will detail my trip uh, for you guys. And uh, it is an absolute cracker, I can tell you right now. It was the trip of a lifetime, absolutely, without a doubt. Ticked off, Jesus, God knows how many bu- uh, bucket list items and uh, met some unbelievable people, really great people and stuff that you just would not find on your ordinary uh i guess uh, tour guide or trip advisor brochure or anything like that just uh good old american fun and we just had a blast me and frank and i just can't describe it anyway it was an absolute blast pardon the fun and yeah. um yeah so we are uh, we're gonna uh, film a show that's uh i guess a bit more in, in you know involved with uh, telling you guys about that trip uh, but that will be for another show. But let's move on, Jason. All right, guys, we're going into our first, uh, some comments we had some on our previous straight shooting. We know there's been a lot of issues uh, just recently, and we'll get into them on this show. We just had the, the shooting in Western Australia. We just had the Texas shooting literally just yeah. two, three days ago. Uh, so there's been a lot of talk. We were talking about a lot about mental health. We were talking a lot about uh, the NRA having to do or having to do something on our last show. Or what they're going to do? Are they going to support these measures? There's a lot of, I guess, upset people on both sides of the fence that either don't want the NRA to do anything or they're not the ones that are the problem. So, and we spoke a lot, didn't we, Muzz, about uh, mental health and uh, the differences? Yeah. And there was a lot of. Now, I just want to preempt some of this uh, conversation that's going to be going on, uh, Jason. And uh, we, we're kind of speaking a lot from the American perspective here. And I know some of you guys might think, well, what has this got to do with us? This is not this is Australia. It's not really. But, you know, it, it does have a, a big bearing on our lawmakers, I guess. If things go worse in terms of uh, massacres and things like that in the United States and everywhere, in fact, everywhere around the world... Our lawmakers are usually got pressure put on them to change our laws for no good reason whatsoever, really. But just because something happened overseas, uh, it does affect us. So we, we, we're kind of speaking about things that happen overseas, and it may not be directly relevant to Australia, but it does it will affect us down the line. So that's why it's important for us to speak about it. Okay, so Jason, now as you know, I've spoken about it on previous podcasts. And I know I'm going to cop a bit of flack uh, regarding my position, but I'm willing to defend my position and back it up with facts. So we've got a few emails coming up. So go ahead, Jason. Let's read the first one. Yeah, this one was from uh, Mickey. It's a good one. This one was us sending on Patreon. Now, if you haven't heard what we're actually talking about through the mental health stuff, you probably need to go back and listen. I think it was episode 164, I think it is, on our previous straight shooting. And he says, I listen to all the straight shooting podcasts and agree with many of the points you make. Well, that's good, uh, especially the freedom stance Muzz takes with many issues. This is why I find it remarkable that he takes such an extreme draconian approach to mental health and people seeking help through medication. Uh, one in around 14% of the population is on some form of anti-anxiety or depression medication at any time. Uh, most will be on it for less than 12 months, but you would ban them from firearms ownership for a period of 10 years. This would obviously impact a significant proportion of LAFOs. 
Uh, he goes, three, if such a measure was introduced, you simply invite the more restrictions on people eligible for a license. He goes, four, it would end up discouraging people who are generally need help from seeking it. Five, a lifetime member of the NRA, what do you think their stance would be on your views? Uh, what evidence do you base your uh, views on? What proportion of mass shootings were carried out by people on anti-anxiety uh, or depression medication? Remember, facts, not wild opinions, are what matters. Any argument to decrease LAFO only strengthens the anti-gun stance. By your own logic, someone who has taken any mental health medication shouldn't be allowed to drive a car. Be careful. You have a lot of listeners. Don't be a fud. Oh, I like it. Well, I okay, like let's, it. Get like the, it. Yeah, let's get into the uh, hot stuff here. That's good. Okay, so... Thanks very much, Mickey. I'm, I'm going to address your email and all the points that you made. Uh, if if Jason leaves it on the screen, that, Sorry, that is I'm just bringing it back up. Sorry. <laughs> well, okay, let, let's go to the. Okay, let's. You know, we'll do. We'll go through it one by one. No. Well, well, listen. The, the very first thing, the main thing is that yep. I want to address as he's saying. What evidence do you base your views? What proportion of mass shootings were carried out by people on anti-anxiety and depression medication? First of all, we don't know. And the reason why we don't know that is because of doctor-patient confidentiality. This is my, the basis of my whole point. Okay, We cannot have doctor-patient confidentiality for people who are lunatics. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work. If you are um, uh, on some sort of mind-altering drugs and you've been prescribed those drugs, well, you know what? You, you don't have a right to privacy, I'm sorry, because if you can go into a store, especially in the American context, if you can go into a gun shop and just buy guns um, without any kind of oversight in terms of your mental health, it's just not going to be a good result. And I'm sorry, I, I have, I've changed my stance on that. I do believe that any doctor that prescribes mind-altering medication has an obligation, has an obligation, and I think the law should be changed, to record that prescription and send it to the federal police or the state police so that the police know that this person who is buying guns is on really strong mind-altering medication. You say, how many, how many percentage were on, were on drugs? Let me tell you something, right? Have a look at all these mass shootings. Martin Bryant, you can't tell me that that guy was normal. He had serious mental health issues. Adam Lanza from Sandy Hook, that's another guy who was definitely... Uh, had a history of mental health issues. The guy from Aurora, Colorado, uh, the shooter there, I mean, he, just look at these photos. He looks like a complete nutcase. He had mental health issues. You're not going to know what drugs they're on. You're not going to know what doctors they sought because of doctor-patient confidentiality. That's the, that's the main problem. The Las Vegas guy, Stephen Pope, who knows what sort of mental health issues you... I mean, you cannot be a normal person with a normal mind to do the things that these people do. Um, the Texas church shooter, we already know that he had a problem. Uh, he was ex-military. We already know that he had a, a long history of mental health problems and he was uh, dishonorably discharged from the military. Uh, the guy who shot up the Pulse nightclub in Florida, I mean... This guy was a lunatic. He had all types of mental health issues. Uh, Florida, the Florida school shooter, he even posted so many times on Facebook and on YouTube videos about how he wanted to be a shooter. I mean, is this a normal person? Most of these people usually want to kill others through their suicide. That's what it is. Okay, and, I, and, I strongly, at- and I strongly believe that, Jason. I strongly believe that because a lot of them do commit suicide and some of them are too gutless to commit suicide in the end. And the reason why is because they have mental health issues and they would have for sure 
seen a doctor uh, throughout their lives about this at some point. Now, here's the thing. Is it going to catch everyone? No. And you know what? It doesn't have to. It has to catch at least a lot of them, and I believe it will. But I don't. I just don't believe we can live in a society anymore where we've got so many mental health issues. We've got we've got uh, people who are, are, are breaking apart inside, and then you combine that with you know laws like in the United States where they can just go into a gun shop and buy a gun and, and shoot up you know a, a school or a church. I mean, you, you just can't have those situations going on. If we've got if we're going to be serious about protecting our gun rights, if we're going to be serious about protecting the future of gun ownership, we've got to crack down on these lunatics that are going out there and doing these horrific crimes. Yeah, but what about... Okay, let, let me go through a couple of things first. I was just looking at while Muzz was uh, doing the, 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 the chat there. L- Adam Lanza was on drugs. He was on anti, anti-psychotic medication. So that was when I just checked on them. Uh, Vegas Shooter, that crazy Stephen Pope, he had anti-anxiety medication in his system, which I just looked up on the internet. Well, there you now, go. Now, the, so, but the interesting part is now, but this is where I probably disagree, right? What about... There are some... Some things that we will have information on, others we won't. Okay. So, that, but are, they, are we then saying everyone that's been on, say, some anti-anxiety medication is going to be a killer? No, not no, absolutely not. Absolutely. So, how not. do you define good versus bad, or ones that are going to do the wrong thing? That means you're just cutting off everybody. No, you 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 can't obviously um, get the specific people. You've got to cast a, I guess, a wide net with these sort of things if it's going to have any kind of effect at all. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. I don't want people who are seeking help with their mental health issues to be disadvantaged, but at the same time, I don't want to be disadvantaged by the next idiot who shoots up some school or whatever it is, and then my guns are taken away. I mean, this is going to be a very, very difficult issue, and at the end of the day, like I said to you before, Jason, if it means that some people will get innocently caught in the net, then I can live with that. I can I can completely live with that if it means that we're going to keep our rights and keep our guns, and that's what it comes down to. And and we've got to address the, the the really the big issues here. The big issue is mental health. These are not normal people. If you get up in the morning and you think, "Wow, it's a great day to shoot up a school," mate, you are a nutcase, yeah. and you, and you need institutionalized. Uh, you know, you need to be institutionalized. You need to be put into a, an asylum of some sort. At the very least, you should be put on a no-gun buy list. At the very least, uh, the police should be having a look at your Facebook profile and your... Yeah, but uh, the police you know, failed. This is the whole point. Well, that's, a, that's, another, that's another topic. That's another topic. So much right? for the no... That means you've got to have police on well, board knowing well, what's going well, on. Well, this is the, this is the yeah. point. This is the point that I'm trying to make. And Trump was trying to address these things in America, Okay. And one of the stupidest things, and he, see, here's the thing, right? I, I do like Trump. I agree with most things he does, but a lot of things he just said, just says the dumbest things ever. I mean, he was talking about arming the teachers. I mean, that's just got to be the dumbest idea. Nah, I disagree. And look, that's... 100% disagree. Mate, I'm telling you, that we, our kids need to go to school. The teachers don't okay, need to be let, armed. Let, let, let's okay? Just, okay? We've got to keep Hang the on. nutcases out of the schools. That's, that's okay, true, but in, in the solution, in a temporary solution... Wouldn't because I was actually talking to this guy. You know, I was talking to Evan Todd. He was in the Columbine shooting, right? And he's pro definitely uh, teachers being armed in schools. So even as a short term measure, eighteen months, two years to make changes. I mean, how can you say there's no guns in schools? There's people that are always going to fall through the cracks. There's so many guns in circulation. 
you're saying that we should well, Jason, leave people look, helpless. Look, well, Jason, look, we've got really tough gun laws here. Now, I'm not saying we should make people helpless. I mean, that's nonsense. I agree with having security in schools. That's fine. Each teacher carrying a gun, I mean, come on. But that's, what is it they choose to? Are you totally against it in uh, all, uh, all facets they, of it? Or? No, no, no. If, if they choose to privately sure, as a okay, private that's citizen, that's fine. But for the president to say it, I mean, that's just the dumbest thing to say. Because you are the United States president. You're supposed to speak for all people. Now, not everyone will feel that way. And certainly, I can tell you right now, I'm not a big fan of that idea. Absolutely no way. And for the president to say it is even dumber. But however, an individual teacher in the American context, if they wanted to get a concealed carry license and carry one themselves without having to tell anybody, then I'm okay with that. Okay, so let me ask you a question then, right? Let me ask you a question. You say no guns in schools, right? So they start... No, I didn't say that. Okay. No, no guns for teachers. Some to you, I you... didn't say that either. Okay. Well, initially, you said you don't want I guns in schools. I said for Trump to say it publicly is the dumbest thing ever yeah, for him. That means you don't agree with it then? I don't agree. Oh, listen, I, I don't agree with it in, in that context of the president saying it and then making it like a, a policy. I think it's the dumbest thing ever. He, you've got to understand, he's United States president. However, he's... The things that he says gets heard all around the world, and all around the world, so, people are thinking on. that he's you, a dickhead. You agree with it? You just don't want the president saying it, Jason. I agree with private citizens mm. being able to exercise their rights. Okay, I just don't think it should be a public policy. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say to you. Okay, okay, that's what I'm trying to say to you. It's not something that president should be out there crowing because he just okay, when he when he says it. He sounds like a complete NRA puppet. That's what he sounds like, and that's my point. Okay, so that's I don't think that's the answer. I don't think it's a very good thing to say in public. Yeah, I mean, I think and I think it's people, the dumbest thing you could have said. I think most people would agree. You know, if we didn't have to have teachers armed, that would be ideal. I'm sure we'd probably all agree on that. But in saying that, it's how long it's, would it's, it take? It's, but what I'm trying to say is, it's completely the wrong solution. He's got to get to the root of the problem, and the root of the problem is you've got nutcases who are out there buying 20, guns. That could take twenty years. Yeah, that well, if it takes then, that long, and then long, if people still shoot up schools, what do we do then? Well, assault- in between now and the twenty years, no, no. Let's say we took the policy that some want to take is, oh no, no guns in schools. We're totally against guns right. in schools. Well, okay, no well, problem. Let, well, let's address that. Let's, let's address, address that. Hang on, let's address okay. the mental health issue. Yep. Fine, that could take ten, fifteen years, and it's still not going to stop people. There's so many guns in circulation, so it's not an answer. What I'm trying to say is, okay, it's not going to catch everybody, absolutely, but I think it'll catch a lot of guys. And what I'm what I mean by that is, is that there's two aspects to this. First of all, the public health, public. First of all, the um, the mental health issue, okay, which I think needs to come back to the doctors, okay. That's step one. And the other thing is is to um, get the law enforcement in order. My God, the law enforcement in America, absolutely shocking. It uh, it's just incredible how many red flags you need to have before the police do something. Yeah. And look at the case of the um, the Florida school shooter. Oh, my God. The guy had so many red flags on him, it's, it's unbelievable, but the police done nothing. And even when the shooting was happening, the police still didn't move in and, and, and try and stop him. I mean, this needs to be addressed. Uh there needs to be, and we're going to go on a little bit later well, yeah. too about the obligations of police. But exactly, but why do we treat schools? And this is the part I find very interesting. Okay, you, let, let me ask you a question. It's a nice question. Someone goes, let's say somebody went to a gun down to um, Parliament House in Canberra, right? Uh, shoots up a bunch of people. Might have got in. Maybe nothing happened. Whatever, right? But there's a scare. 
Or, yeah. or some people die, whatever the case may be. What do they do? Do they increase security or remove security or go less security? Well, of course they're going to increase security. So what's the difference between a school and someone else? What's the difference? Well, okay, there's not much difference, but what I'm trying to say is, is that uh, you, you're putting the wrong, uh, wrong Band-Aid on the wound, mate. It's, that's, 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 the wrong, that's the wrong way to treat the wound. The right way to treat the wound is through, through I guess, a, a different method. And if I, can, um, if I can use a different term, like we need an antibiotic, mate. We need an antibiotic. We don't yeah, need triage. People are, people, you know? are, people are human. <laughs> they're always going to, you know, it's like saying, I'm not saying it's the right option either. I'm just saying at least temporarily until those uh, things that they put in place take effect – to, to have the kids being, at least the kids being somewhat protected. Well, I can tell you right now that you can, something they can do straight away and it's going to have an effect immediately. First of all, any lunatic that posts stuff on social media, he's got to be investigated, okay? If you're posting things like, oh, oh I want to shoot people or, oh, I'm going to shoot up a school or, or a bank or whatever, right? If you're posting things like that, mate, immediately you should be arrested and investigated, Okay, well, that would have that, been nice if it well, happened in Florida, wouldn't well, it? Well, exactly. So, so, so we've got to we've got to get law enforcement to actually go out and 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 tackle this aggressively, right? So that's step one. The other step is people who are on mind altering drugs need to be reported. I'm sorry, okay. I'm sorry if if you've got a mild anxiety or mild uh, depression or whatever it is, and you're taking antidepressants. Uh, look. You might be okay. That's fine. If you're if you're not a gun owner in that stand in that instance, then it won't bother you whatsoever. But if you are a gun owner, my advice to you is seek other help. Okay, there's plenty of other ways to combat depression and anxiety. You don't have to be on. You don't have to be a pill popper and uh, you know be on all kinds of drugs that you have no idea what they're going to do do to you. Before you head for the bush, head for Australia's biggest sports shooting and outdoor event, the SSAA Shot Expo at Rosehill Racecourse, Sydney. With hunting gear from the world's biggest brands, the latest optics and outdoor equipment from Europe and the USA, and four-wheel drive accessories from Australia, the SSAA Shot Expo just keeps getting bigger. Rosehill Racecourse, Sydney, June 23rd and 24th. Book online or pay on the day. Visit shotexpo.com.au for sponsors and the full program. All right, Mickey says number four to Muzz. It would end up discouraging people who genuinely need help from seeking... From uh, seeking it, yeah. Yeah, from seeking Look, help. I, I don't think so. There's plenty, like I said before, there's plenty of ways to tackle anxiety and depression. You don't have to go to a doctor and pop pills straight away. It's, it's, I, know that, you know, I know that for a fact. I know people who, you know, uh, friends of mine, uh, friends of my mum who suffer from it, and uh, they're not on any pills. They, they do meditation. Uh, they take herbal remedies, all those things, okay? But, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't suffer from it. But at the end of the day, I know that there are other treatments, okay? That's just basic knowledge, okay? And number three, Mickey makes the point. Uh, he's saying if such a measure was ever introduced, you simply invite, um, invite the more restrictions. restrictions on people eligible for a license. Yeah, but you know what? You'd invite restrictions on people who should not have a license as well. Right, so that's my point. Okay, my point is is that the mental, severely mentally ill, the suicidal ones, right? They should not they, they should not be allowed to bo- purchase firearms or to have yeah, firearms. But I think as he's talking about from what I'm seeing from this message and this email. Mm. He's not talking about the crazy ones. He's talking about say the average person that might have gone through a family breakup, financial issue, I and mean, that happens. How many people are out there now that have gone through financial issues that probably don't feel right, that don't know, maybe they've got anxiety or they've got a little bit of depression due to life circumstances, for an example. Yeah, that's true. But look, Jason, after spending so much time in the United States and seeing heaps of people with guns, and I can tell you right now, 
I've shot more guns in the United States in, in the last two weeks than I have in my whole life, and it, and it was an absolute blast. However, I can tell you right now, mate, without a doubt, my position is solid. Guns are not for the mentally ill. They're not. Yeah, but for, I think we agree not for the that it's Ill. not mentally ill. But there's okay. a difference between mentally ill, screwed up, that's going to shoot a bunch of people, and the well, average Joe that lost his wife and his kids, and then and then went through a few issues. I think there's a bit of a. There's definitely got to be a distinction. Okay, would you be open then well, to if Jason, someone? Well, Jason, Jason, let's have a look at this situation in in WA Perth. You had a mass shooting, seven Let, people. Let's dead. talk about that later. Hang on, hang on. Mass shooting, important. seven people dead. Okay, the mm. kids, the whole mm. family. Why? Because obviously. It was a murder suicide, right? Mm. Okay. Why is it murder suicide? Because the person committing the crime, committing the murder suicide, is obviously suffering depression, suffering some sort of mental illness. But what if right? he wasn't? We don't. We don't know that yet. We don't know. There's we still we don't know. Tell. We're just making the assumption. Okay. We're tell. not doctors. We we, we haven't, mean, we haven't read. Would... We haven't read the case file. But we're making the assumption that the pretty much the the standard thing that you see in most situations like this is that the. The person who commits this crime is usually suffering from depression or has been some massive trauma in his life or in his family or whatever it is, and he's you know he's got some sort of mental illnesses, right? Now, if this person was taking mind-altering drugs from a doctor, we'll probably never know about it because of doctor-patient confidentiality, which I think is wrong, okay? I think after the fact they'll go through it, well, whether they release well, it Well, maybe not, the police know. will go through it, I don't know, but my point is if this person was on mind-altering drugs, I mean, this is... A family that could have been saved. Okay, it's I mean, as simple it's, as that. It's not, um... and especially in the Australian context. In the Australian context, okay, if he had registered firearms, and obviously the police could have got you know, his firearms, or he, uh, he could have been reported. But obviously, I know, I understand. Everyone's going to say, "Well, you know, you can still get guns anywhere, anyway." You know, illegally. I understand that. That's fine. But at least the police were able to do something. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of people that are hating on me, and that's fine. I understand that. But you know what? I'm not tackling the guns. I think we should be allowed to have as many guns as we allow, as we can have. I think we should be allowed to have semi-automatics and fully automatics. I, I believe that, okay? But at the end of the day, there are certain people in society that we just cannot allow. allow them. We have to do everything in our power to stop them from having weapons like this, okay? Because they are going to cause mass, mass damage. And we've seen it. We see it all the time. These people are not healthy people. These are people who are suicidal and they are, quite frankly, maniacs, okay? And I can tell you, after spending time in the United States, mate, we've got to tackle it. And I believe Trump has to tackle it, and I don't believe he's doing a good job of tackling it. And the other part of it is the law enforcement. So anyway, Jason, uh, Mickey, thanks very much for hey, your let's email. Do a couple more oh, first. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, he says, as a lifetime member of the NRA, or at least a member of the NRA, yeah. what do you think their stance would be on your views? Well, I'm pretty sure that they will not agree with it. However, I think that there is a lot of lot of movements coming up now in the United States which should scare the NRA even more. And the movements I'm talking about, and I saw it firsthand myself, Jason, when I was in Colorado, the movements I'm talking about is all these school kids that are starting to now become politically active Okay, and seeking uh, removal or removal of the NRA influence on American politics. Now, I can tell you right now, I was in Colorado, Jason, and I kid you not, there was no mass shooting there at the time or anything like that. And I saw, I would have been a bunch of about twenty or thirty kids on the side of the street in a small town in Colorado with anti-NRA, anti-gun banners 
protesting about something. Did you stop and off and say, "Hey, Amazi"? No, I, I didn't. But I saw them, and I, I'm not blind to the news. I can see what's happening in news. And you've got to understand, these young kids, these young kids who are brought up um, to believe that guns are evil, that the NRA is evil, and so on, they're they're going to be our future lawmakers. Okay, they're going to be our future lawmakers. That presents an even bigger danger than tackling the mental health issue. Hang on. So if the NRA are going to disagree with me, that's fine. You know what? I'm I'm all for gun rights, but you know what? Gun rights for people who are sane. Yeah. I can tell you so right this, now. This is okay? my this is my stance on it. Right? I think I don't think anyone would say that giving to you know giving guns to people that have got major mental health issues. I think. Not, First not, of all, we've got to be careful with the term giving guns. Okay, no okay, one's giving so them any guns. I know what you mean. Legally, yeah. whatever, that okay. have got major yeah. mental health issues. I, of course, who, who would not agree with that? Mm. But I think it's the people that get caught up in the, in the family style stuff mm. that thinking just because you take these certain pills that you're going to turn into a mass shoe. I think that's ridiculous. I think, I think the NRA and other organisations just continually blame uh, medication because it's the easy thing to do. You know what I mean? I think well, they're already screwed up. But then also getting back to your other point, let me just go yep, to the other point, yep. right, about saying, well, there's other methods to, to without taking drugs. I agree. But what if someone's still psychotic, doesn't take the drugs, and still decides to kill people anyway? You'd never know about those people. It's so not going to catch anyone. It's, so not, many... it's not going to catch everyone. It's not going to catch – Jason, I've, I've gone through this with you before. It is not going to catch everybody. But I can tell you it'll catch a lot of people. Okay, it will we'll catch a lot of people. We've got to put a stop. Is Mate, I'm telling you, we've got to put a stop to mentally ill people being able to purchase guns. That's mm. what it comes down to. But That's what it comes down to, mate. And I can tell you right now, okay, I'm quite happy, okay, and I will sleep sleep beautifully at night knowing that some innocent people might get caught up in it, but as long as a lot of the, these lunatics get caught up in it as well, that's the main thing. I mean, look what happened in Texas. This this idiot, this guy, this lunatic walks in and shoots ten people in an art class in in an, in the Texas high school. Unbelievable in Houston, I think it was unbelievable. And the guy said that he wanted to off himself. I remember this. He, he wanted didn't to, even have the guts, and to he didn't have the guts. So what does that tell you? That tell you the person was suicidal. Yeah, okay, well, he obviously he had some hope because. You know, he, he said he what that tells you is exactly what I've told you before. There's a new phenomena, and it's suicide by fame, okay, or fame by suicide, whichever way you want to do it. These guys are not satisfied with offering themselves privately in their in in the comfort of their own homes. They want to take out as many people as they can with them. Some of them are on drugs. Some of them may not be, okay. And we've got to make sure that we clamp down on these mentally ill lunatics in society. There are plenty of them, and especially in the United States. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories, and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices. You'll listen to Australia's number one hunting, shooting and fishing podcast. Here we go. Just saying Texas uh, church shooters, psychotropic drug history and treatment at 
Universal Health Services Behavioural says mass murderer Devin Kelly was treated at peak behavioural health while it was owned by UHS, the nation's largest psychiatric well, hospital under the chain uh, of the federal investigation since 2013. So it's not good. But, see, I, I, but this is like saying, but this is but this is the same argument. It's the but same. But Mickey argu- was saying, "Where's your evidence?" Well, here you go. I know, but it's the same argument. Right, that people say when we talk about the semi-automatic weapons. Right, they say, "Oh, but you know, if you just in, in, increase the circulation in society, therefore we're going to have more more killings." Uh, you know what I mean? It's like if people get caught up in it. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say All with right. that? You know what I mean? Here's the thing, right? Let's go back. Because they to go, "What's the point of bringing him back in? Let's just leave the semi-automatics ban." Because you know what? If it just mixes up and, and, and stops one mass shooter in Australia getting a semi-automatic, therefore you say it's worth it. No, nah, no, nah, I'm not saying that at all. And, but, and, but it's and, the same but, situation, isn't it? Hang on a second, right? What is the co- we've got to get to the root of the problem? What is the root of the problem? Well, what's the common what's the common denominator? That's exactly <laughs> what is the common denominator with most of these mass shootings is that the, most of these guys. I'm not saying all, okay? Don't get me wrong, but you can have a look at every single case history and you can see that these people had a disturbed life, okay? They they were on, a lot of them. You can you, you can see that they were on drugs. Some you, you won't be able to find out. What but, about the ones that are normal that are a bit crazy? You know what I mean? Well, you know People what? Say have guns. They're the ones that they're the ones that are going to slip through the cracks and uh, they'll go on committing crimes, unfortunately. But the ones who are not going to slip through the cracks is the mentally ill nut jobs who need to be put on a list. They need to be monitored by law enforcement. They need to be stopped from being able to purchase guns legally. Okay. I can tell you that, mate, right now. After going through the United States for two weeks, one thing is clearer to me than ever. The mentally ill nut jobs have to be stopped. They've got to be stopped through law enforcement. They've got to be stopped through the doctors, okay? And they've got to be stopped through, through uh, socially, society. We've got to keep an eye on these people because they're extremely dangerous people. Yeah. Oh, well, it's definitely an interesting one. I wonder what's going to happen from here with uh, these organisations. And police, that's the same thing. There's so many avenues where this can break down. You know, we saw yeah, it with the police. You know, there's going to be a lot of people hating on me for my position, but please be aware, I'm not tackling the guns. The guns are not the problem, okay? I, I don't care about that. I'm tackling the person. I, I don't think anyone out there would disagree with me that the the the, the wrong people, you know, the, the lunatics, the wrong people should not, in society, should not be allowed to own guns. I don't think that's something that's, you know, that's many people are going to disagree with, Jason. So, and this is what I'm tackling. I'm tackling the person. We need to clamp down on the people. So for all you guys who are going to send us emails and whatever, which I, I, I really do hope you guys do send emails about this topic. It's a very interesting topic. It's controversial, and I like talking about it. I don't, I don't like to shy away from controversial topics, but if you're going to send me an email, fine, let's tackle it. Let's talk about it. Mars, some of the people say, too, from uh, Mickey's previous uh, mm. message as well, that yep. 10-year ban may be a bit harsh. What do you reckon? 10-year ban is just an idea. I mean, who decides what is an appropriate uh, ban for someone who is suffering mental illness? Is it two years? Is it five years? Is it 10 years? I don't know. Some people suffer from mental illness for a very long time. And I guess, you, I'm, I mean, that's, I'm open to suggestions on things like that. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not really hard and fast on the idea of 10 years, but I'm just throwing out the number, 10 years. Why not? Okay, if not, then maybe two years and then uh, to be reassessed by a doctor after two years. I mean, something like that uh, could be worthwhile. My point is, is that at the end of the day, what we want to achieve is we want to make sure that uh, lunatics don't have access to guns. Okay, that's, that's, that's the main objective here because 
that's all we I mean we all want that I think in society we want to keep our society as safe as we possibly can while maintaining our rights and I don't know any other way to do that except to realize that just like we have prisons I mean we put prisons we we build prisons for people who are not fit for society I mean that's that's let's face it these people are not fit for, for society they committed a crime and they have to pay their debt to society or at least spend some time rehabilitation. And that place is a prison. And that's what we build them for. So now there's a lot of people who don't commit crimes. However, they have a very high potential to do so. Okay. And these are the mentally ill, the lunatics of society. So if we're not going to throw them into prison, well, what, 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 can, what can we do about them? Well, I mean, there's very little you can do about them other than do the best you can to try and make sure that they don't get their hands on deadly weapons. I mean, that's basically it, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I think, think that it's a. I'm going to finish off because we've been talking for this such a long time. But, but you know, it's it's such it's an interesting subject. Topic. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it is. an important topic. I think it's just there needs to be a broad, broader approach. You know what I mean? I mean, we don't we don't pretend to have the answers by any stretch of the imagination. I think most of us would agree the serious ones. And I guess I can understand it from the government's point of view. Well, if someone's on medication, how do you know they're going to be the one that commits mass murder? Or the one that's just caught up in a bad process. Have a look you at. Know, the, I, I can sympathise with that position, but ultimately, I think. Have a know. look at the history behind mass shootings, Jason. And anyone who studies the history behind mass shootings will realise that most of them started off in around the fifties and the sixties. Um, if you remember, one of the most prominent ones was, I think, in the sixties in Texas. Actually, there was a guy at the bell tower who shot people with, I think it was a bolt-action rifle. He shot 17 people at a university, right? That might have been now, the University Austin. Yes. Now, okay, since the or 60s... Or University of Texas at Austin, yeah. I think it is. Since yeah. the 60s, they've been becoming more prevalent and more prevalent. And, and I'll tell you something that we've done since the 60s and the 70s. We've stopped sending people to the asylum. We've stopped building asylum, uh, asylum centres. We've stopped building, you know, people... People used to be locked up in a hospital if they had mental health issues. People used to have to go to a special place and be treated. I mean, we're, we've mainly stopped doing that largely around the world So, because anyway. we, we want people to be part of society. And unfortunately, if they're part of society, they can commit heinous, you know, uh, horrible crimes like the, just the recent one in, in, in Texas. But throwing it back on to people that listen to the show, send us in your ideas. Send us in a voicemail or an email as to what you think we could do. Because, I mean, I, I also refuse to believe, like, like, let's say New Zealand, you know, one, they've got like 4.8 million guns to 1.2, you know, sorry, 4.8 million people, 1.2 million guns. So surely one of those people that's a gun owner in New Zealand would have suffered some sort of mental health. I mean, I can get, there's probably a lot of them. Oh, well, there's, pro- there's probably Who a lot knows? in Australia probably too. Probably a lot in America, a lot yeah. in, you know, European yeah. countries, yeah. but they're not killing people. So what's the denominator? So write in, let us know, what, is, what can we do? you know, to try and make some changes here. I mean, because I think it's just a multifaceted approach where law enforcement need to do something, people need to respond, family members need to respond and come up with an ultimate option. And I think all those things together may have some effect, may have some effect. Law enforcement is the big one, Jason. You said it. But people did report them. How can you have the mental health if law enforcement aren't aren't enforcing the law? Well, that's what I'm saying. They're not Mm. enforced. It's the big... It's the big... uh, Big column. uh, It's the big elephant in the room. The law enforcement has just completely failed. And... uh, I think Trump missed a golden opportunity to um, to, to put some new measures in, new laws that uh, enable law enforcement to uh, seek out, to investigate, to arrest, or at least for detain, the FBI, at least for the FBI, or for the FBI or whoever, to arrest, to detain 
all these crazies that have got so many red flags flying around them. I mean, this should have been done ages ago, yeah. but it hasn't been done. So I think he's missed a great opportunity to really crack down on these crazies. And all he's talked about is teachers with guns. I mean, the guys sound like a lunatic. No, I think that was a great idea. <laughs> great Sorry. idea. I disagree. Agree? Hey, who, I disagree. Hey, write in, let us know. I'm saying a temporary measure, a couple of years, until we start getting all these things in place with police, you know, family, friends, authorities, um, mental health. Getting it all in check, but, and then and then backing maybe away from. But initially, I think a lot of people are also doing it too because of the fame factor as well. They want to go out in a blaze of glory. You get worldwide notoriety. Of course, that's what we talked about. I mean, you yeah. know, it's uh, fame by suicide. It's just ridiculous. It's, 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 thing, it's a new phenomenon. But send us in your ideas, guys. What you think would make a difference? I, I want to hear from you guys. Um, you know, what do you, what sort of measures do you think would help? And, uh, to make changes in that area. So thanks again for everyone that all, all wrote in and sent in your voicemails and emails. I really do appreciate it. All right, I also got an uh, email from Nick. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's massively long, but he says he's been listening to the show for over a year. Uh, he's listened to every single episode and always gets excited when a new podcast comes out. Uh, he also says my podcasts are awesome. He particularly likes the Everyday Hunter series as well, and he refers a few guests as well that I should get on the show, which I'm probably going to look into very soon, mate. We've just been a bit slack on the straight shooting, but it's back now, so that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, he said new, his New Year's resolution is to get a deer. He's hoping to, uh, to hunt a property in northern New South Wales uh, sometime this year in March, which has already gone. So, mate, I hope he had some uh, success uh, getting a deer, mate. All my advice is don't give up, my friend. Don't give up because, uh, uh, you know, success will be yours if you keep trying. It took me, what, Mars? Ooh, five years, I think. Uh, to yeah, get, four and a half years somewhere. Yeah, to get my first deer, and that was trying, trying, trying. Like, I wasn't going out every week, but, you know, four or five trips a year. I tried and had plenty of opportunities, but... <laughs> Blew a yep, couple, yep. but uh, yeah, good luck, uh, Nick, and uh, thanks for listening to the show, mate. We uh, do appreciate uh, all the listeners that write into the show and uh, contribute, and uh, I know I might not have responded to you, mate, but I am on the show, so thanks very much. All right, I've got another one from Matt too. Matt, Matt thanks for uh, writing into the show. He says, hi, Jason, long-term listener. Used to listen to the show years ago when he was around 17. Now he's 21. He's getting back into the podcast and has re-listened to nearly all of our podcasts. He gives us an idea of uh, oh, good on uh, you, Matt. Yeah, interviewing someone about uh, fox whistles. And that's hopefully I can do something again on foxes very soon. Uh, I think that would be that'd very interesting. So, yeah, mate, I, that's a great idea. i definitely try and get someone on the show to, uh, and if not the person that he recommended in the email as well. Um, he says he got a fox whistle for his birthday. He's caught up six. Um, he would like a great show to hear from this fellow that he actually recommended. And he says, thanks heaps for the show. It brings me a lot of enjoyment and I'm itching to get out and get stuck into it. Aren't we all, mate? Aren't we all? Too much work, not enough time for hunting. That's, that's my motto. Wish we could get out more than we are. I'm still yeah, waiting for that lottery ticket I that I buy every week to uh, <laughs> success. But every week the email says, unfortunately, weren't successful. Good so, on you, mate. Good to you hear know. from you. Thanks, mate. I've got another one too from John. And he says, Dear Sir, recently on my AHP page, there was a Turkish equivalent of the Verni Koran. Can you give any updates? Uh, it appears the Verni Koran has specific patents in place on the action function. Uh, I'm sure the Turks are busting to get their low-priced version here. <laughs> These semi semis look great. Should be a winner. Really appreciate any additional info you can give me. Uh, that's interesting, John, because uh, I know I'm pretty sure I got spoke to, I think it was... Aaron from Shooting Stuff Australia, they know the guys from Verney Coron because they did a review on that. And basically they were having a court case about bringing in the shotgun, the Verney Coron shotgun with the thumb lever release. Now, I'm not sure what's happened with that. I will try and find out for the next show. Uh, I know there was a final court case about two weeks ago, but I'm not sure if the outcome's fully known what, yet. Or who was the court decision. case with? Uh, the, the importer. 
the importer. The importer was take- of the Vernie Caron's took took the government to court, border force. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh. To say, can we bring in these types of firearms? Which gets us onto a different topic of good. Yes, I I'm totally good. I'm glad. Agree. Yeah, good. We should be. We had the OAF, you know, the the, the Riverman Rifleman, that yes. little uh, straight pull, which now Border Force is buying back as well. Uh, these are the things that I don't know why some of our large organisations and all the Dealers Association is not getting some money together to fight every time fight something gets government. banned. That's it. To fight the government on every turn, every single turn. Yeah, it might be money wasted. We might not win, but it sets a precedent that every time they ban something, we're going to be there taking them to court every single time. Absolutely. Every single time. I mean, th- th- this gun, pretty, I'm pretty sure, fits within our current laws. Well, you can buy a Warwick firearm from well, Victoria, but exactly. you can't own this Riverman. What's the difference? It, it, it fits within our current laws, and any, any manufacturer out there, any distributor um, who is facing uh, problems with, with, with the law, with the police, at selling their product or distributing their item, you know, they should be taking the government to court, absolutely, because the law is written a certain way and everyone's got to follow the law, including the government. So they should be taking them to, to court and they should be, uh, I guess, getting a lot of other manufacturers on board and uh, do a class action of some sort because at the end of the day, well, these people, they're just uh, – police and law enforcement, they just, you know, they, they just make up the rules as they go. They If they don't like the look of something, they just ban it, even though it fits within <laughs> the guidelines. And pretty much the story we get now is – Oh, yes, hello, this is uh, a large organisation. Oh, well, we're just banning the uh, Riverman. Yeah, okay, we'll tell our members. Thank you. Boop. They hang up the phone. That's the current uh, advocacy we get at the moment. So we need more advocacy, better advocacy of taking these people to court at every opportunity that we get. So, mate, thanks to uh, uh, John for writing in about that. Hopefully that changes over the next couple of months. Maybe there might be a win. Hey, you never know. We could be purchasing the uh, Vernie Caron uh, 12-gauge shotgun lever thumb mm. release version. That would be pretty good. So thanks for writing in. Would you like to advertise on one of the most tech-savvy mediums on the internet? Then why don't you advertise with us on the Australian Hunting Podcast? If you have a product or business that you would like to promote, then we would love to hear from you. Become one of our partner advertisers by calling Jason on 0425 881 967 or email australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. All right, got another uh, voicemail, sorry, voicemail, email from Matt. And Matt says, uh, guys and girls who make this show a great show, thank you. Please keep up the great work for your interest. One of my arguments uh, for people that say we shouldn't have this or that gun is we don't need these types of magazines for weapons like semi-autos or whatever. Well, do we need really need V8s and do we really need supercharged or turbocharged vehicles? Why can't everyone just drive a smart car? It's about choice. I drive a four-wheel drive because it's fun. I would like the option to shoot an AR-15. For exactly same reason. So thanks, Matt. Yeah, Matt, absolutely nailed it. Um, just uh, your example is a perfect example of how stupid the laws are. I mean, you get a you get a driver's license, then you're qualified to drive. Uh, you get on the road. The road has speed limits. At the end of the day, what car you have and what engine it has and how fast it can go, it's up to you. But at the end of the day, you've still got to follow the law. It should be the same with with firearms. I mean, you should be allowed to buy any gun you want. Uh, shoot at uh, the ranges as long as you follow the law. Shoot at ranges, private property. It doesn't really matter which gun you own, what type it is, and so on. And same way, it doesn't really matter what car you own when you drive on the roads as long as you're following the road rules. It exposes exactly the stupidity in the laws, and we 100% agree with you, mate. Thank you very much for your email. Good stuff. All right, guys. Next uh, one we've got coming up is the Margaret River shooting, which just happened probably about a week ago. And now <laughs> I feel kind of interesting now because I'm just looking at one of the articles of Perth now. Now, it probably well, <laughs> Mickey, Mickey, it kind of gives Muzz credence. 
Well, I hope Mickey's and it disappoints listening. me a little bit because, you know, as soon as I read it, I was like, ah, oh, no. Anyway, let's go read, into Read it, the headline, yeah, Jason. It says, Margaret River Massacre, depression drug clue to grandfather's murder of family. Margaret River grandfather Peter Miles had started taking antidepressant medication just weeks before he shot dead his wife, Cinder, daughter, Katrina, and four grandchildren on their hobby farm. Mr. Miles had put on weight in recent months, which can be caused by antidepressants. Funny how it says weeks before, but then they're talking about months. But anyway, and some close friends now suspect the medication he had prescribed may have played a part in triggering or heightening homicidal and suicidal thoughts. And whilst that, I agree that can happen, I think just to make a blanket statement of it's always the drugs is a dangerous dangerous thing. And and I don't think anyone's saying that, and I'm not saying that, certainly. Because otherwise that means everyone that takes uh, drugs or for anti-anxiety medication, depression medication, whatever it may be, would would all then be committing shootings? So I guess a lot of their mental health in general has a yeah. lot to has a lot to do with what they're going to do. Is it is it a part of it? I don't know. I guess we'll never know because he's dead, and we we'll never know that. Okay, but my point is, Jason, how did he get his hands on these drugs? Well, he would have had to go see a doctor, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. so it's a prescription medication, and this doctor, in my opinion, should have been obligated to report this prescription to the police. Okay, and 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 the. Pr- Police should have then uh, investigated him if he had registered firearms. Uh, they should have um, confiscated the firearms for a minimum of 12 months at least. That's my opinion. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. That's how I feel about it. A lot of people aren't going to agree. However, in this situation, it could have saved the lives of these poor children and the rest of his family, which certainly w- would I would agree. I mean, most listeners would agree they certainly didn't deserve to die. No. So, but you know what I mean? My point of this is if we – that when we have these firearms, we have bolt action. Obviously, as far as we're at this stage, it was some sort of bolt action firearm. So this is how do we then fight? And we've seen this before. We saw it down in the Hunt family murders in Lockhart down near Wagga Wagga. There was one in Victoria as well where uh, he shot two people. So if we can't get and, – and this is very rare, obviously, right? I'm not hacking on law-abiding firearms owners by any stretch of the imagination. But it just goes to show if a law-abiding firearms owner wants to do something wrong with their firearms, they simply will just go and do that. Well, look, two so points laws, I want to make. The laws yeah. of the NFA, yeah. the laws of anything just don't apply. Don't Absolutely. apply because yeah. if we can't stop the odd law-abiding firearms owner doing the wrong thing, which is very rare, it's a very small amount of people. Like, we rarely see this, right? How do we stop criminals? It's the same thing. So how do these laws work at all? That's my whole point of this whole situation. Well, here's the thing, right? This situation here uh, proves my point perfectly and, and give you an example, right? One of the things I want to mention, Jason, is that not many publications are calling this a mass shooting, right? And the reason why they don't want to call it a mass shooting is because if they did, it would prove that the gun laws that we've got in place don't actually work, which is the fact, right? Okay, no gun laws would have stopped. And the, um, look, we're looking at this one here. Only the Guardian, I'm surprised the Guardian yeah. is the only one that, that I'm seeing at this stage while I'm searching, while Muzz is talking, calling yeah. this actually uh, a mass shooting. That's Three right. guns they're, at the scene the only belong ones. to children's grandfather. Yeah. So, mm. They're the only ones. So Now, my point is, why aren't they calling it a mass shooting? Well, because if they called it a mass shooting, if every, if every uh, news article out there called it a mass shooting, which is what it is, it's a mass shooting, right? Okay, then basically, go, oh, it's not in a school or it's not in a well, it's not in a shopping center. So it would, it would basically not, not. be admitting that the gun laws that we have in place don't work and don't stop mass shootings, right? So that's why they're not calling it because they'd have to admit 
the, the, the gun laws don't really work, okay? Because they've been... No, hang on. Been I've got one here, mate. News.com.au. Uh, okay. news, oh, news.com. Okay. They haven't got the article, but they're saying neighbours of the Western Australian family, where is it down here? Police are trying to figure out why the main suspect, Peter Miles, may have shot and killed his six family members before turning on himself. Now, if I just search it, I'm just looking for where it actually says mass shooting. Oh, sorry, it's in the first sentence. Neighbours of the, hang on a second, neighbours of the Western Australian family killed in the worst mass shooting since Port Arthur have scrutinised the final conversations they had with them, realising there may have been warning signs they missed. So no, news.com saying it. Oh, news, okay, fair enough. That's good. Maybe That's we just good. got to ch- ch- I, I don't think it's in the headlines because a nah. lot of people read the headlines. It's first. not, it's and not in the And I do know, and I'm not going to mention it just because, you know, we don't want to get sued on this show. There was one that in the morning it was mass shooting. By the afternoon it was something else. Right. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't want to put it in there. Well, and, that, um, that, that just proves my point because that, that they don't want to throw the mass shooting word around too much, especially when they can clearly see here that the guns are not the problem. Is the fact that the guy was suffering from mental health issues now. My point is we need to tackle the person, not the gun, okay? So we need to tackle the person. And the first way, the first point of contact is going to be a doctor. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, this happens all too often, especially in the United States where mental health problems are, are way out of control, way out of control. See, and I wonder, as you said before, I wonder why they don't want to call it a mass shooting because therefore – Obviously, the PR is not very good, is it? You know, of course. And they're already talking about. And we read an article the other day about, you know, central storage. And uh, I know someone. I'm going to try and get some details. He's been doing the numbers and what would be required to store firearms at a central storage oh, place. Please don't. I don't not, know. I know, not the numbers, but as in how much of a failure Who's it would this? be. Who's this? Oh, I'll t- we'll tell you later right, off okay. air. But yeah. you know, you know, what would be required? Car parks, security, how much the costings would be. You know, and there's already articles out there by someone who was part of the Alana and Madeline Foundation saying, "Well, yeah, should get the police should be looking after these guns. You need to give minimum seven to twelve days' notice before you go and pick up your guns. You have to check them out, check them in. Uh, it's all Look, this ridiculous." I, I don't, to be honest, Jason, I don't even want to talk about central storage because it's the dumbest idea in the world. It's so <laughs> dumb that it just doesn't does not deserve discussion. Anyway, let's let's move on to the next uh, article. But as you can see, look, guys. Margaret River, it's a, it's a shocking, shocking event, uh, such a tragedy. This poor family uh, did not deserve to die, and um, unfortunately um, they did because uh, this person was suffering from mental illness, and there you go. All right, so next article we've got coming up is very interesting. This was 2GB. This was uh, some audio, and I was listening to Maz actually brought this up to me as well. I was coming home from a friend's place and uh, they were talking about, was this in Victoria? I'm pretty sure it was in Victoria. Yeah, Victoria. Somebody had their house broken into, a bunch of these, I think it was a bunch of ewes were just breaking and just destroying that person's house. And the person was actually apparently there at the time. I don't know the circumstances, but the cops ended up turning up on the spot. Man. They said, well, <laughs> go in there and do something about this. You the know, the th- owner of the house said. Yeah, yeah, the owner of the house said, well, go in there because one of my house is being trashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, arrest these people, do your job. No, 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 no. It's too dangerous. We can't go in there. <laughs> the police basically refused to the go in there. The police basically refused to go in there. So this comes back to the point of that the police have no obligation to defend you or your property. And I had this discussion today uh, with uh, Evan Todd, uh, the one of the young guys that was in the, in the Columbine shooting one of the survivors, and he said the exact same thing. Police are under no obligation to defend yourself or defend your property. So under, the, under no circumstances, and and this is go, and comes down to this has come down to law enforcement, Jason, and this is one of the reasons why we're having these lunatics running around, is because we've got a situation now, and I'm not sure exactly what the laws are and what the police are responsible for in the United States. 
I think that the citizens of the United States probably have more rights with the police than most other countries, but I'm not entirely sure what they're responsible for. But in this country, uh, mate, uh, the police are not under no obligation, well, basically, to do anything for you in terms of stopping the uh, person committing the crime. And uh, It's I just, discretionary, It's apparently. discretionary, yeah, apparently. That's so we're told. Okay, so... Just bear in mind, we're not lawyers. We don't know the the, the, the law right to the letter. Uh, but we uh, got good information that uh, it, police are under no obligation to um, arrest a person who's committing a crime in your home. Even when they're or, in the commission of a crime. If they <laughs> even feel while it's too dangerous, it, yeah. they yeah. won't go in there. But let's play the 2G. And, and it comes down to, Jason, also with the, in reference to the mass shootings, where if you remember the lack of law enforcement in Florida when the police basically did not go in when the, when the shots were being fired. They didn't the go sheriff, in. Yep. They didn't do nothing. And, I mean, there's no, there's just no accountability. There, there's nothing that the people can do in their defense. It's just crazy. We can't have this situation. Well, that sheriff got stood down pending investigation, then subsequently retired. So. Well, retired with a nice uh, fat check, didn't Not he? Nice, uh, nice uh, pension. So we're going to play some audio from uh, Steve Price and Andrew Bolt. Now, Andrew Bolt actually said something on the show that would indicate the person that actually rang up may have been a police officer or a lawyer because they talk yeah. about discretionary and he talks about all these things. So let's play that uh, courtesy of 2GB on the Steve Price and uh, with Andrew Bolt. Anyway, but look, what do you, you want to say about police, Gray, Anthony? Hey, look, you've mentioned there's obviously a political dimension to this, the left protecting multiculturalism, but what you guys probably don't realise, and this is a wider issue, mm. is that the police have no duty of care to protect particular individuals or their property, and that's well established in case law, and there are various reasons for that, to prevent it from being litigated against for failing to do that adequately and uh, constraining their allocation of resources. So, But even if, even if someone says to him, mm-hmm. hear that crashing sound, that's someone trashing my joint, they can't go in and stop it. Well, not if they wish. If, there's a, if, they're, if they're allocated elsewhere, it's at their discretion, Andrew. That's the point. And you saw a person... What? They were standing in the street watching it happen. If that woman wanted to take the police to court now for yeah. failing to intervene in the trashing of her, uh, her house, she would fail. Wow. Really? Wow. So, so what recourse do you have? I mean, you hear someone in there, you hear the sound of glass smashing, walls being kicked in, police are standing outside, you say what? You say what? You say everything that that woman said and you still fail. It's a different <laughs> set of circumstances in public areas. Yep. Private areas, they're under no uh, duty of care to uh, protect... So they can just walk away? They can walk away and they did that today and she's got no uh, resource or recourse to the courts. Now, I don't know whether you... Uh, you sound like a lawyer rather than a police officer to me. Can you tell me then if if the <laughs> crash? You know that, Andrew. Well, I don't know. Uh, well, he he can criti- he can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, if you if these uh, crashing sounds were coming from the home of the chief commissioner in a moment of foolishness, put his uh, his home on Airbnb, and he was standing outside with his officer saying, uh, "Boys and, and ladies, I'm hearing uh, my my precious uh, weapons uh, collection and my priceless collection of medals being trashed. Go in there, guys. What would they do?" Uh, the word I said earlier was discretion. <laughs> so they would very discreetly go in because uh, mm, well, discretion is the better part of being sacked. It goes to allocation of resources. They can't <laughs> individual. You're right, can't. You're right, Andrew. Oh, like very good. Very good. Thank you, okay, Anthony, for thank that. You. All right, guys, you just heard from uh, Andrew Bolt and Steve Price on 2GB. What do you think of it, Muzz? Yeah, well, I mean, th- the most surprising part of that is uh, how little Andrew Bolt and Steve Price know about 
of police and what they're obligated and not obligated to do. I mean, they were really surprised. They thought the police would actually. I thought they should help know more out. than they do actually, because like, how do they not know that the police aren't obligated to defend your property yourself in in private situations? This goes back to the point where you heard at the end of it, where he said, "Once it was a chief commissioner, it's all about discretion." Yeah. So for the plebs like me and you, we <laughs> can just rot in hell. But if it's someone a bit more serious or, uh, or a bit more well known, well, yeah, okay, discretion says we can go in now. It's just ridiculous. Well, it, it's just surprising that someone of uh, the standing of Andrew Bolt and Steve Price would not know this, but I kind of understand why they wouldn't know it because it flies in the face of common sense, really, because you think common sense would dictate that, well, the police should go in and do something. But that's not the case. And um, and I've actually experienced this firsthand with one of my own cases where I had so much evidence against someone who stole something from me from my from my broke into my vehicle and stole some from me. I got the camera evidence. I got the evidence where they were at the shops. I got I got all the evidence you need on this person. And police done absolutely nothing, nothing, zero. I contacted via email over and over again. No replies, nothing. Another case, friend of mine, his car got stolen. Okay, and the next uh, uh, next week he found all these car parts on eBay. Basically, most of the tires, everything you could. He could prove he got photos of everything he knows, or everything, or the same color, the same markings, the same. He, he went. He he actually drove by the place, the guy's address, where he had all these parts. Called the police. Police done nothing. They didn't want him to go in. They didn't even want to search the person. Nothing. Zero. So I mean, these are real life events. This is what happened. It comes down to allocate, like the person said on the radio, allocation of resources and discretion. So it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing how we how this law system actually even works at all. I don't know how the hell it functions. How does it work? People just, I think, give up calling the police because they're sick of lack of action. But one thing too, you know, what if she'd have been there and she goes, "Well, I'm going in to get my to stop this." That would have stopped her from going in there. <laughs> they would have stopped her, yeah, for sure, 100%, absolutely, no Absol- doubt about it. <laughs> it makes you laugh, doesn't it? This it's, is why. Yeah, we, it's we, such a problem. Law enforcement is a huge problem, in not just in this country, but in the United States and everywhere. It's kind of like the the government says, yeah, we'll protect you if we feel like it. Man, know, I would have like, been happy that when they've gone raw and said, get on the ground now. Well, you know, that's that's what you'd expect them to do, I guess. Unbelievable. That's the average person would expect them to do, but... And this is what this is what gets me right. People say, "Oh, we need to support our police. We need to support the police. The police are good." Blah blah blah. Really? Okay, sure. Okay, so where are the police supporting us? I mean, here you've got a lady in in, in Victoria. Her house is getting completely trashed. The people are t- taking all the things. The police are doing nothing. Nothing. Mm. And there was an interesting call. We should play the one after that. Should we play the one after that with the caller from the one minute listener? I think we should but play Jason, that. But Jason, Jason, be- before you play that, yeah. before you play that, right, it's important for us to recognise, okay, it's the individual police officer, they're generally good people. They're great people. They want to do good things. They want to do... But they're right. hampered by the law. They're hampered by... It's the by law. What, we, what we're opposing here, guys, is, is the law and the bureaucracy surrounding the police, okay? Yeah. It's the government. At the end of the day, it is the government. That is the problem. So we don't want you guys uh, thinking that we're smashing on the police per se. It's not really... The individual police officers on the ground. It's the bureaucracy, it's and, the, the bureaucracy. and the slow turning wheel. Exactly. Because there was a guy that just called up, and we'll play in just a few moments about, you know, what a guy said on the phone to get the to get the police there pretty quickly. So we'll play that now. Yeah, Again, we'll Two GB. <laughs> we thought it was quite interesting. So here we go. Mark's in Glebe. How are you, Mark? Oh, good day, fellas. Well, just a quick story about the police. 
heard a story five years ago. A homeowner contacted the police to say his house was being broken into. The police said they couldn't attend. And the house owner said, well, don't worry about it. I've got a gun. I'll take care of it. <laughs> Within 10 minutes, there was about 10 police cars there with the right squad. Mm. Wow. And maybe that's what people in Melbourne should do. So Without and by that you mean not actually Pretend. take a gun no, he, to it, he, but he, just he, simply he, say he didn't yes. have a gun, but he said mm. I'll take care of it. I've got a gun, and they came from everywhere. Very clear. Did, uh, and, and what happened to him though? I said he was upset and scared and panicked. Uh, he, no charges laid or anything like that. He said he was just scared that um, he, he could be harmed. That's why he said he had a gun and had a good law and he got him out of it. Good on. Uh, we're not advocating that, by the way. But no, no, no. Uh, it's no, an interesting we made that story. Clear. No, no, no. We made that clear. Very yes. interesting story. Mm. I think it might work. So you've got to become just the problem quietly. Don't you? Uh, thank you, Mark. There you go, Muzz. We just heard that one, and uh, you know, saying he had a gun. Yeah, as I was saying to Muzz, before, uh, we don't recommend you guys do no, that. Don't by the way, do that. You know, but oh, I don't know why he didn't say, for an example, you know, they instead of saying he had a gun, he'll sort it out. Why not just say, hey, listen, I'm sure I saw a gun there, or something along those lines. <laughs> Again, we're not referring to do that too if you don't actually see a gun because you don't want police resources all over your property if, in fact, the person actually doesn't have a gun. But I mean, if you're life's in danger, but, but it's funny you... how we went from oh, we're too busy to all of a sudden the whole riot squad's there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They were, oh, apparently they weren't too busy. Yeah, apparently. And <laughs> 10 cars were there, apparently. They weren't too busy, were they? But uh, you know, I probably wouldn't have said uh, that. I just know what I didn't say. Well, they had a gun. I mean, how are you supposed to get police there if you need help? If you can't defend yourself with any types of uh, implements, you know? I mean, there is, there is law to say you can defend yourself, but you're going to go through a world of hurt afterwards if you happen to kill someone, especially if you use your own law-abiding firearms owners to be able to do that, and that was all you had at the time. So, Well, the, the one good thing I will say about um, the, the police is when you, for, when you mention the word gun... They're there like a flash. Oh, yeah. Resources don't seem to be so thin anymore. <laughs> they're they're the there like a flash. Yeah. As opposed to the, as opposed to the American uh, police officers, when they see this guy, they, you know, multiple warnings, he's telling people that he's going to shoot up the yeah. school and everything. Facebook posts. They're just nowhere to be found, mate. They just do nothing. So. It's funny, eh, isn't it? It's not funny because it's, a lot of people not funny. can be hurt at some stage, but it is funny to say that, like, well, you know, we can't do it. Oh, someone's got a gun. Ten cars come from everywhere. Well, you couldn't have been too busy. You know, it's, if you're dealing with other yeah. other issues within the community, so uh, law enforcement, law enforcement is a massive, massive issue. But nobody, this is the thing. I think in the US and here, more so here, no one's keeping them in line. It seems the police unions run the show. I well, mean, the, the ministers they, don't they even just, have the balls to put in nah. legis- uh, issues because they're listening to the police commissioners. I say, well, no, I'm the minister. We've talked about this before, you know? Jason. The, I, I'm going to say hierarchy. What goes. We've talked about this before plenty of times on shows. The hierarchy. In the police departments, seem to be just Stinks. completely not accountable to anyone. Exactly, and then you add the police unions to that. It seems the police ministers have pretty much got no power. It's left up to the police commissioner on what he's feeding the minister, and that gets put in legislation. Oh, we need this, we need that. I mean, look at Victoria; they're starting to militarise the police. Look at their clothing. Yeah, well, Mil- they, they militarise the police so that when they get to your house, they can just stand outside and watch yeah. watch people trash anyway, your house. This is ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, we've got another one coming up, Muzz. There's a firearms amnesty in New oh, South Wales God. just got uh, announced just a few days ago. Um, you know, now I saw a picture of last year's amnesty, and you'd think, yeah, you'd think there'd be a lot of semi-autos. You'd Look, think there'd be. Hang on, hang on. Let yeah. me finish. You'd think there'd be some Tommy guns or. Some, maybe some pump shotguns, maybe some semi-automatic shotguns, maybe a Ruger 1022, but they were 
bunch of old, they showed a video of their massive yeah. haul, a bunch of old clunker side by side shotguns and old twenty two bolt actions. Well, look, to be fair, Jason, and I'm sure a lot of listeners will pull us up on this. They did pull up some semi automatics and even some old. Uh, I'm not saying wartime. every one of them, yeah, but I'm saying in general, it was Grandpa's old clunker. And, and don't get me wrong, look. As far as I'm concerned with the amnesties, my advice to every law-abiding gun owner is don't give up anything. Hold on to your guns. Hold on to your guns. Hold on to your guns for as long as you can and teach your children to hold on to their guns as well. That's my advice. Yeah, they're, they're all old clunkers. I just think it was ridiculous. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know why they don't just put in, and people are saying this like, oh, they fought the amnesty. Why not just make the amnesty permanent? You know, if you got an unwanted gun, why do you have to, why does it have to be an amnesty? Hand in a gun. If it's illegal, will it be registered or destroyed? No, no penalties. Why wouldn't they support that? Why have a three-month amnesty? Well, look, it, when, I, when I'm, not, I'm not a fan of amnesties whatsoever. Okay, so you're saying, uh, okay, what about, okay, the firearms, they say, oh, we want to get these guns off the street, right? Okay, fair call. Uh, but Get these guns off the street. I mean, that's... That a, gun's that's been a, sitting there. You, you had to see the photo, right? Well, it's not on the street. <laughs> the, I know, but, okay, they, they, to them, the, these guns are on the street, yeah. right? So, meaning grandpa's old guns in the roof, right? They go, we don't want this to fall into the hands of criminals. It already been there. 10, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah, but... It was the, never going to cause a problem. My issue with all that is, first of all, oh, we've got to get these guns off the street. I mean, the, the rhetoric they use, the, the wording, it, it, it paints a picture to the average person that these guns are on the streets and they're, and they're, and they're being used in crimes. Well, no, they're not. You know, they're in someone's basement. They're in their wall, you know, rusted like, up. You should see some yeah, of the photos. They were quite rusted, these uh, side-by-side shotguns and... Uh, um, it was interesting to to see the types of guns people were actually handing in. But what do you mean you're not a fan of it? So you would rather want to okay, you're not a fan of an amnesty. So you'd be happy with a would you with a twenty four yeah, three twenty four hour, three sixty five day a year, hand in a gun that's you don't want. No charges to be laid, just hand in a gun, get it off the street. Yeah, why why do we have to have an amnesty if uh look I, I want to keep all my guns and I encourage everyone to not hand in any firearms. If you're hey, hang law- on, are you, are you talking about ones that aren't registered? That's, that's no, clear, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, okay, let's stay within the law, okay? That's what I'm talking about, okay? There's a lot of people that hand in guns that are actually law, lawfully licensed owned guns, they? licensed guns. Why not right? give them to someone? If you well, do that, guys, if you've got a gun there that you can register, you know you better get it registered. Say CAT A and B would be easier for, you know, say 99% of the population. Make sure you give that to someone. Try and give that to a shooter. You know, I, mean, I wouldn't say advertise because then you'd be advertising a gun. The vast that's majority. Illegal, but the, go, hang on, go well, to the gun shop, hmm. give it to the gun shop, and then find it. Find somebody. Find someone to have the gun. But you know, look, the vast majority of the firearms that were handed in were lawfully owned. Correct. Yes. At at one stage. Well, no, they, they, they were at at the stage that when they handed him, they were lawfully owned. They're just unwanted. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, well, not re- no, no. Hold on to your guns. <laughs> no, what? No, that's not well, not true because they, these ones, that ones that were unregistered, that weren't handed in sometime throughout, probably before 1996. Well, you know what? Hang on to your guns. That's all I can say. I'm not interested if they're registered, unregistered. That's a matter for you. Okay, I I I want people to stay within the law, but at the end of the day. Hang on to your guns. That's what I'll say. Anyway, very interesting. All right, uh, what else we got, Muzz, here? Let's have a look. Let's talk about one uh, interesting thing, and it's going to be a very big year, guys, a huge year. We've got a lot of elections coming up. Oh, yeah. Mm. So let me just go through some of those. At the end of the year, around September, I think, we've got the Victorian state election. So that's going to be very interesting, obviously, with the current SFP city members. I think One Nation's going to be registered. I'm pretty sure the LDP are most likely going to be registered. So that's going to be a hotly contested election. Uh, we've got the federal election, possibly this year, maybe towards March next year, very close to the New South Wales state yep. election. Yep. 
So don't forget we've got the federal election coming up, so that's to vote in you know, our federal senators and, and federal members. Now, another one to another hotly contested one, which is probably going to affect me and Muz more so, is the New South Wales election in 2019. That's going to be a very hotly contested election, I think, just like the Victorian one, because we just got word probably about three to four months ago, I was talking to someone from One Nation. They just got, they just got registered a couple of months ago uh, for, to run in the New South Wales election. And the Liberal Democrats as well, the first time mm. they'll be also running uh, in the New South Wales state election as well. So it's going to be hotly contested, I think, between SFP, uh, One Nation and the Liberal Democrats. I'm still on the fence at this stage uh, who I'm going to be voting for at this stage, but I'm sure I'll preference the parties, you know, as I see fit. Like I always say, guys, vote for who you want to vote for, who you think is doing the best job, uh, or who you want to see in Parliament. If you think, uh, uh, you know, the current crop of politicians are not doing the job, whether that's national, Labor, Liberal, depending on who, on which state you're in, uh, who's currently in Parliament. But obviously I say vote for your pro-gun parties. Yep, that's that, it. That, that's mostly important. But uh, I think this election is going to be very hot. And I, so, I say that too, especially for the SFP, having quite a large bit of competition uh, in, in the LDP and One Nation. It's going to be very interesting in New South Wales. And hopefully all parties come out uh, and start their campaigning processes sooner rather than later because that's going to, you know, you want to get out there, you want to get yourself out there talking about your policies and you know, especially surrounding gun ownership, I think is going to be important. What's yep. your thoughts on these elections coming up anyway? Well, I think uh, everyone needs to do their homework and have a look at, uh, especially if you don't have any clear um, pro-gun party or person to vote for in your area. Uh, just do do a bit of uh, research and uh, find out well, who those people you're going to vote for. Find out what their stance is on firearm ownership, on freedoms in general, and so on. And just make sure you put your vote in the right direction. So that's basically it for me, Jason. Me, I, I just I hate elections, and uh, mainly because it's compulsory. I wish it wasn't compulsory. We'd get a lot of deadbeats sitting at home doing nothing, I guess, and uh, saving us the tr- saving us the trouble of having so many greens in in power. <laughs> so <laughs> that's you know where I mean? their voter base comes from, isn't it? Isn't that's it? where their voter base so. comes exactly. Yeah. So anyway, but one, one are, bit- are you don't tell us who you are. You are you tied on who you're going to be vote for this year, or in the federal election and the state election? Am I what? Or, sorry, are you, are you are you steadfast in who you're going to be voting for? Or are you no, still up no, in the air? Not, not necessarily. Uh, look, I'm I'm still still up in the air, but. But here's the thing, right? Okay, so this is one issue I'll need to discuss, which, which kind of it, it affects our freedoms. And 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 one things one thing that's happened recently in Queensland, and a lot of people probably know about it. The Labor government have got in in Queensland, okay, and they've put they're putting in these new laws, which basically stop farmers from clearing out the vegetation, the vegetation, laws, yep. vegetation laws. All right. Let me tell you something, all you Queenslanders listening, okay. This is a very dangerous precedent, and I can tell you right now, this strikes at the heart of our democratic values because this strikes at the heart of private property, okay? And if they can do this to your land, they can do this to virtually anything you own. And I can tell you right now, they've made a deal with the Greens it's so, that the Greens can, uh, so that Greens will support them in certain seats, and this is what's going to happen. The Greens... You've got to understand these uh, these people are very 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 clever. They're very conniving, okay? They 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 understand the political system probably better than most any other party, okay? And they are going to extract maximum value with every single favor that is required by Labor or Liberals from them. They're going to extract maximum value to install their ideals, okay? And their ideals are is that the person shouldn't have any rights on their own land, that the state should have all the rights, okay, and that you need to be a slave to the state. 
And that's what it comes down to. And they want to try and get people, as many people, off the lands as they possibly can and bring more, more of them into the cities, make it as difficult as possible to live out in the land, bring more people to the cities, because when they come to the cities, they're more likely to vote for Labor slash Greens. And that's basically their grand plan. They want to stop the building of any dam. They want to stop the building, uh, the, the, the improvement of any infrastructure out in the bush because when that infrastructure out in the bush improves, it means the quality of life improves. It means more people want to live out in the bush. It means they, they need parties like Labor and Greens less. right? So that's basically their grand plan. So this is a very serious issue in Queensland, and you Queenslanders need to stand up and fight this. You need to fight it, fight it with every well, avenue I think that it you already can. went through anyway, so it's game over. They need to fight after the fact. Now, trying well, to get rid of this useless piece of legislation. Well, if it's gone through, then the Queensland Parliament should hang its head in shame. I think shame. it was only about a week ago because I think just, it's unbelievable. I can't believe this is happening in this country. They are striking at the heart of democracy. Democracy is all about private property. Without private property, there is no there is no democracy. It's interesting because um, you know? Palaszczuk, I couldn't believe it, hilarious. She was at one of those, you know, farmer ag co-op sort of things. And people obviously were pretty pissed with the legislation. They were yelling out, you know, a bit of jeering going on. Oh, I felt intimidated. I didn't expect this from, you know, Queenslanders and Queenslanders aren't normally like this. So I don't expect this. And like, what did you think was going to happen? Exactly. What, like, people are pissed. I'm surprised they didn't try and you know, try and attack you, you know what I mean? Because people are at their wits end. The farmers are at their wits end. They're committing suicide. They're, uh, I mean, you know, there's lots of issues that are happening. You know, there's lots of issues that are happening. And I'm surprised with her speech saying, well, I didn't expect this from Queenslanders. Well, what do you expect when you screw up people's livelihoods? I'm surprised that's the, the least you got, you know? Well, the government have a new tool of tyranny. And the new tool of tyranny is the satellite. Okay, they use the satellite pictures. They can peer into your backyard. They can peer into your land. They can look at every blade of grass, every tree. They know exactly what you're doing. Or well, if they want to find out, they can. It's a it's a tool of tyranny. Okay, and and they're going to use it against you to create laws. So then they're going to use the satellite as a method of enforcing those laws, where they can say, "Well, hang on, you had trees here before, you had shrubs here before. Now they're gone. Where are they? Here's a fine." You know, or you know, you've got to pay an uh, exuberant amount of money just to stay on your own land, and you can't farm in you know the way you want to farm. You can't use the land for your own benefit to 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 help yourself. They're going to extend this eventually to the to the little backyard, okay? And they're doing it now as well. I can tell you right now, we've got to fight this with everything we uh, we possibly can. We cannot allow these people to succeed. And to be honest, the average voter is just clueless. You know, the average voter does not have any idea what the government's up to. And they don't understand the real implications of this. It's only once the laws have been in place for years and years and years that they realize, oh, did they do that? Did they? Oh, geez, that's no good. Oh, geez, I voted for that mob. Oh, shit. You know, this is what's happened. So it's up to us to educate all the voters out there. It's up to us to stand up to this stuff. It's up to us to to really push this stuff back. And um, it's been hot news, I can tell you right now, on 2GB. But it strikes at the heart of private property, which is the basis of any um, liberal democracy. Private property, without that, I mean, you've got nothing. You've just got a dictatorship. And unfortunately, this is kind of where we're headed. The government's pretty much dictating to the farmers what they can and can't do on their own land. If it comes to the national interest, if we're at war, if we need to use the, the, the private land to defend the country or whatever, that's fine. I mean, but we're not at war. This is just a turning into a Queensland dictatorship, and the Queensland people have got 
no one but themselves to blame. Here we go. Check this out. It says, Palaszczuk was heckled by hundreds of farmers upon her arrival to Beef Week in Rockhampton last night with chants of, go away, Palaszczuk, which were heard. The abuse later caused Miss Palaszczuk to say she was shocked by the treatment. Unfortunately, she says, unfortunately, there were a couple of people that went a step too far. I don't believe that verbal abuse and swearing is acceptable. I was quite shocked by that, and I wouldn't expect that (laughs) as part of Queensland I live in, she said. Oh, my God. Really? I mean, she is a she is a deluded m- mini dictator. This 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 woman. But you know, what can I say? What vote these people in? If you don't understand by now that a vote for Labor is a vote for Greens, well then you never will. You need to wake up. Another one. She says Miss Palaszczuk said she was also found some of the behaviour personally threatening and intimidating. Yeah. Yet you've just ruined people's lives, livelihoods. You know this green agenda. But anyway, all right, guys. I was also talking to. Um, Mike and the exhibition group who uh, organises Double SAA Shot Expo. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to be at the uh, Shot Expo in Sydney uh, in a stall, so in a booth. So if you want to come around, check us out. Uh, that'd be much appreciated. Come and get on the show. We might do a couple of shows from there. Uh, it's going to be a pretty arduous weekend. I know we've done it before. We went to, where did we go, Muzz? The um, Huntfest. We went Huntfest. to Huntfest and just uh, yep. some time there. And even just one day is pretty pretty full on, isn't it, when you're trying to talk and do yes. shows and you've got guests coming up, people that want to get on the show. Then you've also got people just wanting to come up and have a general chat. It's, uh, it's going to be quite intense and it's certainly going to be a big week again, but we'd love to see you there. So if you're going to be there, um, come and certainly say hello and uh, come and have a chat with us. We'd much appreciate that. Anything to add, Mars, or what? What do you? Yeah, want to look out, look out for the YouTube video, which Jason is Jason is going to edit and uh, post online. He'll post it also on the Facebook uh, channel. So uh, check out that video of uh, myself and a bit of uh, machine gun action at Knob Creek. I was just looking at it too. It looks pretty insane. Oh, it's mate. It's like nothing you'll see. You'll never there, live this here, eh? There, there is there is enough no amount of photos and video that can do it justice. Uh, to be there is absolutely amazing. To feel the ground shake when the fifty cows are firing and the cannons are firing. My God, it's just. But anyway, we're going to put together a video and give you guys a bit of a taste and uh, and see see what's happened, see what's there. Excellent. So I mean, hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. I know it's a bit long. We're about an hour and hour and twenty hour and twenty five minutes and. Uh, you know, hopefully we get new, another one soon if you guys have got any topics that you wanted to talk about or anything we've missed. You know, it's been a long time, so we just picked a bunch of things that are happening, some of the larger ones, especially in the last couple of weeks as well. And uh, if you've got anything interesting you want us to talk about, send us a voicemail. Go to the website, click on that voicemail icon right next to the sliding bar, right-hand side. Or send us an email at australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, leave us a comment on iTunes as well. You know, we yeah. like to hear people's comments on iTunes. And I didn't check that. Let's see if before we go. Let's have yeah. a look. We got one. For those of you that we ago. missed out on, sorry, but well, yeah, Jason's we, got to lift uh, his game I a know. bit. Ridic- I'm so bad. <laughs> yeah, I got one from uh, Fish and Dan. He goes, as I get more and more into the shooting and hunting, these podcasts let me understand the issues happening in the community. Uh, what the polo, you know, I guess what he means, what the political climate is around firearms and teach me so much about my passion. Well done, Jace, and you too, Mars. Don't worry about Mars. <laughs> it's useless. Forget him. Uh, who's that, Dan, is it? That's uh, Fish and Dan. Fish and Dan. Good on you, Fish five and Dan. Five stars. And we've had, what have we got now? Let's have a look. 163 ratings, 153 five-star, five four-stars, and uh, four three-stars. Damn you, who is that? Zero. T- <laughs> we've got zero two-stars, but we've got one one-star, so I guess we've upset or pissed off somebody. <laughs> In some way, they felt like they needed uh, to come on. That was probably Philip Alpers. Philip 
<laughs> Phil, Phil Alpers from Gun Control Australia. <laughs> or what's that other douche, Tim Chapman or whatever. Where's that? Whatever that guy is. Samantha Lee. Samantha Lee. She's Samantha one of our Lee. biggest fans. I tried to get her on the show one time, but she just never responds to me. I don't, I don't want it to be considered harassment after a while if I keep asking her to come on the show. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks any, for Any other emails there, Jace? Uh, no, yeah, not from the look of it, no. no. Okay, good. It's, yeah. all been, it's all been read out. Send us a... Uh, as I said, send us some voicemails, send us some emails, topics. If you want to talk about the uh, what can we do in regards to mass shootings, that would be good too. You know, what ideas you guys would think, and we'll discuss your ideas on the show. I think ultimately that would be good. So this is Straight Shooting. My name is Jason Selms. And I'm Muzz. See you next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.